Hi everyone and welcome to the Allie on the Run show. I'm your host Allie Feller and today you're listening to episode 21. Today I'm talking to Bryn Facet O'Neill. Bryn is a physical therapist at Finish Line Physical Therapy in New York City and she's my physical therapist. Bryn has been keeping my muscles, limbs, and ligaments happy for the past year and she's always full of wisdom and advice during my appointments which is why I wanted to have her on the show. I was literally on the table a few weeks ago and between laughing fits because I have really ticklish calves and groans because I have really tight hamstrings, I was like, Bryn, will you please come be on my podcast? And she was like, no, Allie, please be quiet. Let me work out these kinks and also be honest. Have you foam rolled even once in the last eight years? But here we are, Bryn is on the show and I still don't foam roll more than once a week or once a month or honestly like once a training cycle, but I do go and see Bryn and she takes amazing care of me. So on this episode, Bryn and I talk about how she became a physical therapist and her advice for anyone considering a similar career path. And she shares the three things that runners should be doing every single day to stay healthy and injury free. Plus she dishes on the difference between her male and female patients and the fact that women are way tougher and the most common injuries and issues she sees in athletes. This episode is jam-packed with useful information from Bryn, so get running and enjoy, and then consider coming back and leaving a rating and review for the Alley on the Run show on iTunes. Happy running, and I'll see you on the other side of the episode. So today we are here with Bryn Facet, though it's Bryn Facet O'Neill. I'll never get used to saying that. <laughs> when did you get married? I got married last June, 2016. Okay. I remember because you were then, I was training for the marathon and you were like, oh, sorry, I'm taking some time off. I was like, not allowed. But yeah. you did wait to take your honeymoon. Yes, I, I did delayed honeymoon so that I could finish out all my patients through the New York City Marathon. Yes, so let's start. You'll be proud. We start with a warm-up on the Alley on the Run cool, show, I like which that. You, I feel like you would approve of. Um, so tell everyone who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Uh, my name is Bryn Facette. I'm from upstate New York. Bryn Facette O'Neill. Bryn Facette O'Neill. Yep, still getting used to that. Um, I'm from a small town in upstate New York called Plattsburgh. Um, all my big family is up there, so that, that is like home home. Um, I moved to New York City about seven years ago and started working at Finish Line. So I'm a physical therapist at Finish Line PT, where we treat uh, a ton of runners and triathletes from any and all different levels. Yeah, and that, of course, is how I know you because, and actually, I wasn't your patient first. I was just like a journalist first. I was writing a story about something, and I needed, like, a PT basically on call. I was like, my deadline's in 45 (laughs) minutes. Like, and I'm pretty sure I was like, I just got assigned this story. Meanwhile, I had definitely been sitting on the assignment for, like, a week and just delayed. Um, And Coach Kane, who is a longtime friend and was our wedding officiant, was like, oh, yeah. Bryn at finish line like she's got you and you did so now I use you for every story I write (laughs) and then I was like okay I should go like actually make an appointment so now you're my physical therapist yeah um so tell me about PT tell me about um did you always want to be a physical therapist or did you fall into this job and lifestyle good question a lot of people ask that um you know for me I I have to say at a very young age I just knew I wanted to be in the health field um I have an older cousin who is a physical therapist, and so when you kind of narrow it down, it's like, well, I could go the med school route, or I could go PT, Um, and I actually went to Ithaca College, which is an accelerated PT program, so as a freshman, I was in the PT major, and so I was like, I'm going to commit to to PT now. Um, I also got to play basketball there, which was a great um, mix of the two, and yeah, I knew I wanted to work with athletes. I've always been an an athlete, played sports my whole life. 
And it really was like going, I said like, honestly, since middle school, I was like, I'm gonna be PT. Um, and then like senior year of college, I was like, oh, maybe I should go med school. At the so last I, minute. At the last minute. So then I started to like second guess, but I went to Ithaca, got into their PT program, um, stuck it through. And, you know, I remember kind of halfway through the program, I was like, oh, should I still go, you know, med school? And then I stuck out the program, started working at Finish Line in my first job. And wow. Finish Line is like, I hit, I hit the jackpot there. So I've been there ever since. It's awesome. That's really cool. So how is the schooling really intense for PT? Yeah, I mean, it's no, yeah, sure. Do you see blood? Be uh, yeah, you, you do? know, and we do the cadavers and, you know, all your internships. You know, the fun thing with PT is that you're exposed to so many different things. So the, the best thing about the field is that I can work in an outpatient clinic like I am now. I could work in a hospital. I could work in an, in an acute home with, you know, patients uh, post-stroke and that kind of stuff. Um, so the variability is really fun. And, and you really do, when you graduate, you're like, okay, who do I want to work with and what population do I want to be with? Um, and it's a rewarding field too, you know, just helping And you people. knew runners or athletes. I mean, you don't work with just runners, of course, but you wanted like no. performance athletes. You didn't? <laughs> no. What did you want to do? No. Um, you know, when I graduated, I said, or I was in Rochester finishing up the doctorate program. I said, I'm going to try out in New York City. So I did an internship. My last internship was here in New York City. And I was here for three months. And so then I was like, okay, I think I want to do the city for a year. And I set up seven different uh, interviews. So I came down on a weekend. I reached out to Michael Conlon, the owner of Finish Line. I saw that it was all runners and triathletes. I was like, I'm not a runner. I'm not a triathlete. I don't even run more than like two miles right now. Like, give me a ball and I will. Um, so Michael Conlon was my first interview on that weekend. And I was like, this is perfect. Practice run. Yeah. It's like low. <laughs> doesn't like, matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> And then the second I met with him and saw the space, I literally walked out of that interview and I called my mom and I was like, I'm gonna work at Finish Line. And all my friends too were like, great, you're gonna turn into one of these crazy runners. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to. Famous last words. Famous last words. Okay, and so now you are a marathoner. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so it took me three months of working there. That's it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was signed up for my first half, the San Diego half. Uh, I fundraised with Team and Training for Lymphoma Leukemia oh, Society, which we're, we're very much involved with them at the clinic. Um, I went out to San Diego. I loved it. And, and, then it's, you know, and then it starts and you're like, I can do the halves, right? So my patients can trust me if I do the halves. But then you start to Is get Is that going. what it was? Is that what motivated you to want to do a half? Were you like, my patients will trust me more if I'm a runner? Or what, like? Yeah, it's, it's a couple things. It's, you know, you, you go to these races and you see people running them. And, and it's so inspiring. And you're just like... If they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Um, so it was that, but it also was like, for me professionally, you know, trust and connection with my patients is really important. And so how are they gonna trust me and my advice to them if I haven't been through it? So if I don't know what 13 miles feels like, how are they? Yeah. Um, so that, that basically, that's probably my, bit, my biggest motivating factor. And then with the marathon, it was like, okay, so now I can do a half, but I want to feel what these guys feel. So I put myself, I, I threw myself in there. So when was your first marathon? Oh, my first marathon. This is such a sad story. I was supposed to do New York City. 2012? Uh, yes. When, yeah, I was supposed to do it that hit. year too. I was super bummed. I fundraised a lot of money with team and training again. Um, and I wanted it to be New York so bad because I wanted to be with my patients. Like I was like, I want to be out there with them. I had like 40 runners or something. 
Um, and then it got canceled. Yeah. And it was such a bummer. And runners were getting a lot of backlash at the time because we were all so upset. It was so intense. Mm -hmm. That time was so intense. It was, it so was sad. like. I just remember not knowing how I was supposed to feel. Yes. And being really confused because on the one hand, I was super disappointed. Mm -hmm. I knew it was the right call. The call came too late. Like it, it was, was too late. It was so yeah. emotional. I wouldn't like, have a pro I wouldn't have had any problem if right. I canceled it earlier, but it was just a bummer that was at the last minute. Yep. Um and so so then on that Sunday we actually went out to Staten Island and ran supplies out to people, which was I'm so grateful I did that. Um, and then I jumped right back in for the following year. Uh, or no, I lied. I did Philly that year. Oh, you did? Yeah. So just a couple weeks later. Yep. So and I, that's a great first. Yeah, I mean, totally. I've never done it, but I, it's on my list. I would love to run. Super flat. The Philly half, I think. And when the marathon got canceled, I was like, forget it. I'm, I'm done because I wanted to be in New York. But my friends were like, no, no, no. Let's go do Philly. And I ended up running with like four of my friends that year, and we had a blast. It was a it was the best first marathon experience I could have had. Oh, no see? pain. I felt awesome. It was a lot of fun. That's great. I'm mm -hmm. so glad. And then, so now you've done how many marathons? Two. Okay. Because then I finally did New York the following year. Got it. And that year was incredible because there was like all that built up yeah. emotion. Yeah. That was, New York is an incredible experience. Did it live up to what you had hoped it would be? Uh, surpassed it. Yeah. You know, again, coming from like a non, I like to call my, I don't like to think I'm a crazy runner. So I definitely treat some crazy runners, and I, I kind of like to stay on the cooler side of things. Like, I still got you, whatever. You know, I'm not that crazy <laughs> with it. New York was like top, one of the top days of my life. It was an incredible experience. You literally feel like you're in a parade the whole time. Yeah. So what classifies a crazy runner <laughs> and a cool runner? <laughs> and where do I fall on the spectrum? Ooh. I'm just curious where. No, I'm curious where I would put myself. I'm. By your definition. Okay, I'll tell you where I think you are oh and then you tell me where you are. Oh boy. I actually don't think you're a crazy runner. I think that you're, I think you're a good mix because I think you have fun. I do have so fun. I, what I mean by crazy is like, oh, I have to be careful here. I right? know, everyone's listening, this mm -hmm. is a lot of pressure. I think, um, but crazy doesn't necessarily mean bad. No, crazy isn't bad. Yeah. Crazy is like, you passionate. know. Passionate. Yeah, passionate like. and. Um, it's all they talk about, or it's it's like it's all they think about, they dream about. Um, for me, you know, you got to find that balance. I think it's important. Like, if you're injured, it's okay to take a day off. And so I actually have some patients who like they just can't take a day off. And so that's that's hard. I, I got to bring myself to their level, make it work for them. Um, that's probably what I define. I think you're a pretty. I think you're pretty chill I love about days it. Off. And I think it's fun. I think if you can go into a race and enjoy it for what it is. So if you haven't trained fully and you're just like, you know what, I'm gonna go have fun. That's, that's to me what this is all about. And, and I think some people can't do that. And I think that's, I think that's sad because I think the best thing about the race is looking around and being like, look at 25,000 other people out here at six in the morning, like this is awesome. So how often do you race now? Mm, I haven't done another marathon. So I did the two back to back. Yep. I found the volume to be really hard. And I think that some of the other PTs would agree that it's just a lot. So it's a lot on us to train ourselves and then a lot to treat. And we're super busy at the clinic when it's marathon time. So I think it's a lot um, to take in mentally and then on ourselves physically. Um, so getting the balance away from the marathon has been really nice. I probably do about two or three halves a year. And I like that. I think that's perfect. And they're fun and I don't get too crazy with them. I've got Brooklyn coming up, which is why I've been listening Yay. to your podcast on the weekend. <laughs> um, but I just go out there and I have fun, you know, like, and I think that's what it's all about. Do you see a physical therapist? 
Like, do you need to? Or you're just so good at I'm taking care of yourself? I'm just so great. Do you foam roll every day? Oh, man. No. Oh! <laughs> um, here's the Should truth. Should people foam roll every day? Here's the truth. Yes. Okay. But to us, it's still work, right? And so I, if I'm starting to feel something, I do get help at the clinic. Okay. So I will reach out to another PT and be like, hey, I don't want to bother you, but can you work on my calf real quick? <laughs> and we're pretty good about that. Um, I'll get acupuncture when I feel like I need it. But cool. the truth is, is I think, and most of the PTs should agree that like, we kind of know that fine balance of like, okay, this is starting to not be okay. And I need to treat it and handle it kind of thing. So for people who have never been to a physical therapist, yeah. um, can you just do like, do a little PT 101? Like what exactly is physical therapy? What should people expect from their first appointment and who should be going to a PT? Well, I'll speak from our experience at Finish Line. I do think we're a little bit different than most PT clinics. I think we offer a very um, different perspective on um, how we look at people and how we look at injuries. Um, so for us, you know, you're coming in and you're getting one-on-one -on -one care for 45 minutes. Um, that was something that Michael Conlin, who's just literally the best ever, um, he decided, he was like, look, I, I want to give the best care to our patients. and so. We want the 45 minutes one-on-one -on -one so that we can provide all the manual work and hands-on soft tissue work that we need. Um, when you first come in, you're gonna get, if you're a runner, you're gonna get, get a gait analysis on the treadmill. So we're gonna take a look at you on the treadmill. Uh, we've got videos from behind and the side. And we're basically gonna sit down there and take a couple minutes with you and say, look, here's what, you, here's what your running stride looks like. These are things that we can work on, whether you're injured or not. You know, if you walk in limping, I'm not gonna put you on the treadmill. Um, <laughs> But it's funny, you know, people walk in with, like, let's say, an Achilles tendonitis, and they don't necessarily have pain when they're walking, but if I put them up on the treadmill, you can actually see how there's like a little bit of a limp to them. Mm -hmm. And so they have to see that, and I think it's important for them to see that because it's like, here's why I'm working on your calf, dorsi or your ankle dorsiflexion, and here's why I'm working on your hip extension, because you've got a little bit of that limp, even though you don't know that you do. Um, so we start with that first analysis. We're Which also just- time out. Go ahead. I need to talk about the treadmill situation. Yeah. I've been running for almost <laughs> 10 years. Mm -hmm. That thing stresses me out so much. The Not treadmill? the treadmill. No, the like analysis. No. The first time that I did it, and this used to happen when I would go get fitted for running shoes and they would do it. I get on there and I'm like, <laughs> A, I'm not wearing running clothes. I'm wearing like work clothes. <laughs> yeah. Well, work clothes now or running clothes or pajamas. <laughs> but like you get on there and I, I'm always like, how fast should I go? Like, should I be going, like, should I be trying to impress you? Do I want to be busting out, like, 730s? Or, like, am I supposed to be doing 10-minute miles? And then I see myself, and, like, in my head, mm -hmm. I run beautifully. Yeah, like, it's probably perfect for me. Then I see that little camera on there, and you come out with your little laser pointer, and you're like, see how your entire body is actually not getting off the ground? That, by definition, is not, I don't know, it really... No, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't stress you out. It gives us a baseline on just what I'm looking at. So for me, I'm looking and I can see if there's a difference in your stride. So you're not looking at my pace? I'm not looking at your pace. I'm saying, I'm going to say to you, like, you're not looking at my butt? No, I'm not looking at your butt. Unless my butt is, <laughs> like, spa it's like spasming, then you can look at my butt. I just want to look and compare side to side. And I also want to see if I can make a picture for your injury. So if you come in with a hip flexor strain, I want to be able to identify and say, well, I know why you've got that hip flexor strain. And I want to be able to put the pieces together. So for us, no, we're not, we're not okay. judging. Right. I have you guys run whatever feels Still comfortable. makes me nervous. How often do people come in and tell you what they have? 
How often are people oh. like, well, listen, I Google, oh, yes. I definitely have like cancer of the hip. Yeah. Yep. I need um, you to fix it. Is that pretty common? More I than we would like. I think that's how I introduced myself. Yep. Yeah, I think you did. I was like, hi, Brian, my name's Allie. I have bursitis in my hip. And you were like, no, you just have a sore hamstring. <laughs> but sure, get on the table. <laughs> no, you're just really tight. No, I'm kidding. Um, I am, I know. Yeah, that happens a lot, actually. And patients come in, they tell me exactly what they have. Um, and I'm like, that's sweet. How do you know? And they're like, well, I was Googling. And I'm like, oh, like cool, I, I went to college. Yeah, cool, I went to college. <laughs> I'm like, please. Like, like for me, don't Google. That's like an advice I give to all my patients. The more that you Google, you can go down this rabbit hole mm. and it's like, it's endless. And the stuff that's out there on what to stretch and what to formal and yada, 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 uh, it's, it's not always that accurate. And, and what I find is especially in the running community, I actually think. So I hate when patients come in and tell me what they have. Sometimes they're right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm impressed. Nice job. But um, <laughs> A plus. Yeah. For the most part, you know, I like to, like the first time that people come in, I like I want all the details, like how did it happen? How did it feel during the run? How did it feel after? How long did it last? Does it hurt here? Does it hurt there? And you know, all of us are gonna cue you to get that information so that we can really wrap our heads around kind of what the injury is, what it's from, what it's caused from, um, and then go after the main cause of it. I think at finish line, that's what we've been trained to do is I'm not looking at like, you know, if you strained your calf, I'm not just gonna look at your calf. I'm looking at why it happened in the first place because I can fix you up, make you feel good, but then you go out and a month later, you go blow your calf out again. Yeah. So we gotta figure out what caused it. That's what you did to me when I saw you last summer. I came in because my right hip was hurting, you know, Mm -hmm. my bursitis. (laughs) And you were like, oh, you're, you like knew right away. You were like, oh, your left hamstring's weird. I was like, well, I tore it when I was 16 and I was supposed to go to PT for it, but I didn't, (laughs) I went to dance instead. And you're like, yeah, that still is presenting itself. And here you go. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah, and so what the, so this is an alley, okay. What the gait analysis on the treadmill does is it helps me put those pieces together. So so that's why I don't stress about it. It's like, it helps me really wrap my head around what I'm, what I'm dealing with, basically. Okay, and so when people do the gain analysis, is it important that they bring the shoes that they run in? Yes. Okay. Yep. I don't and if you I don't, that either. I was like, so I'm wearing my Air Force One. How's my gait? <laughs> you were like, did you even know you were coming in today? Like, what's going on? Um, but it's also, you know, I'll whatever sneakers you have. And if you don't have sneakers, um, sometimes I can get I can get a lot out of making someone run barefoot. But even like when I have someone walk, I'm going to watch them walk barefoot, and then I'm also going to make them walk without their shoes because a lot of times their feet. A lot of people have problems. The the foot is the cause of the problem a lot of times. And so it's it's really important to assess them without the shoes on as well. Okay, so after we do the treadmill analysis, mm-hmm. then what happens? Then I'm gonna say, okay, you've got limited hip extension on your right side. Bursitis. Burs- let's call it bursitis. So I'm gonna say, okay, you've got some range of motion limitations here. And then I'm gonna say, I'm gonna take you through a functional assessment where I'm gonna get you up and standing. And I'm gonna get you to move all these different directions so that I'm looking at how your hip moves in the sagittal plane and how your hip moves in the frontal plane. And the transverse plane, you want to tell them what that is? I know all about those planes because the first time I interviewed you, that was what we talked about. Correct. Um, The sagittal plane is side to side. No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, One of them is forward and back. One is side to side. And one is irrelevant. Just like doesn't matter. (laughs) I promise I paid attention. The sagittal plane is flexion and extension. Your frontal plane is your side to side. And then the transverse plane is rotation. And that covers all the ways you move. That's all 3D. That's three dimensional. Picking up your groceries. You got it. That's how we move. That's what what we do as humans. We move in all different directions. So running is a sagittal plane sport, right? It's forward. 
well, hopefully you're not going back, right? Yeah, we should have edited out forward. that part that where I tried yeah. to define it. That was real bad. <laughs> no, that's good. Should have Googled. I want you. I want you to leave it. It's good. Okay. It's great. And um, it's a good teaching moment. Um, and in the sagittal plane, you know, a lot of us actually even sitting, like everything's mostly in the sagittal plane, and a lot of us stretch only in the sagittal plane. But what we're missing is that we're always moving in all three planes at all times. And so it's important to stretch and it's important to strengthen in those three planes. And a lot of times, if you go into any gym, you're gonna see people doing just a forward lunge mm -hmm. or a back lunge. Quad stretch. Quad stretch. How many people on Instagram are posting post-run photos doing that damn quad stretch? <laughs> it drives me Put nuts. Put your leg down. <laughs> get, in, get in the transverse plane, yeah. people. Thank you, thank you, it's good. That's true, you know, so for us, I think it's just getting people to move in all different planes. Okay. Um, so one thing that I notice about, like when I come to PT, I basically just come in mostly because I like to hang out with you, but also because <laughs> don't I, say that. <laughs> I just I just sit on the table and you basically give me a massage. Yeah, and it's like if I'm training at high volume, like when I was training for the marathon, like it hurt, but not in yeah. a bad way. Like it felt so good. Yeah. Now, like. I'm not only, I'm tr not only training for half, I'm training for a half, yeah. which is a lot, but compared to the marathon training, it's obviously yeah. less wear and tear on the body. And I just like lay there and get a massage and I laugh the whole time and we hang out. And then I see people yeah. doing exercises with their PTs. <laughs> they're like jumping around, yeah. they're breaking a sweat. Yeah. Why are they doing that? Is it because they're injured? It was just last week, I'm gonna fill people in a little bit. It was just last week you were on the table and you were like, Thank God I'm not one of them out there doing those strengthening exercises. Because it looks terrible what they're Alex. doing. Um, it depends what people need, you know. So the truth is, is that, you know, it. I'm basically like, for you, you need a lot of soft tissue work because I know that you're not doing it on your own as much as maybe you should. So I'm you're constantly right. with you, you know, I'll give you away a little bit here. You, you with your little nice tight quads, it'll shorten up your stride. And so for me, I know that I can get you to extend your hips a little bit better and I can increase your stride by getting into your quads and your calves. I do have a short little stride. Yeah, more so <laughs> than you can on the foam roller on yourself. So for me, I think I always, and, and I think this is important, is like when you come into the clinic, I want to give you something that you can't do on your own. Right. And so I can give you exercises to do at home, but I'm not gonna sit there with you and watch you do them. Like well, I would complain the whole time. I wanna time. work on you, yeah. So, you know, at Finish Line, I think we do a really great job of, we're really, we take a ton of continuing ed courses and we're all really well trained in giving manual therapy. So, you know, knowing the right pressure to, to get someone so that you're not screaming on the table, but deep enough so that I'm getting something done um, and then it's a combo of, you know, your functional stretching and the mobility work, getting into joints. And then, and then the strengthening is like another key port, point to that too. What is the most, what are some of the most common problems you see in runners? Oh, yikes. Uh, depends on what time of the year, right? Let's say marathon training season, like fall marathon season or spring, you know. I, um... I would say that in the spring, I think you get a lot of like your tendonitis stuff. So you'll get like um, shin splints or like post-dib tendonitis, um, Achilles tendonitis. And I think a lot of that is we've been on a treadmill through the winter mm -hmm. and everyone hits the ground and it's like, oh, you hit the ground running and you do too much too soon. Or New York City Half is a perfect example of this because they get you to sign up in November. Right, so you sign up, they lock you in. You just finished probably a great training season. So you're like, you're in it to win it. So you sign up, you get locked in, and then the holidays hit, and then you're like, crap, right? January hits, February I'll train hits. Later. Yeah. And then and then people come in, they're like, I've got five weeks until the New York City half, and I haven't done anything. 
Um, so, so then they just start hitting the ground running and it's an overuse. But at the same time, even in the fall, I would say that you're seeing a lot of those overuse injuries too. Knees are always like super, super common. So just your basic patellofemoral pain. Is runner's that runner's knee? knee? Runner's yeah. knee. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Um, runner's knee. IT band pain is common. Okay. Can we talk about IT band pain? I hate IT band. Okay. It's my, I hate it. Should you foam roll your IT band? No. Why? No. So. Because that's um, what everyone says. My IT band hurts. Oh, foam roll your IT band. And that's what I was taught. Not obviously yep. by you, but a million years ago, it was like, oh, your IT is tight, get on that foam roller, that'll fix it. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure the first time I saw you, you were like, no, Stop your IT band rolling. is not a muscle or something. Yes. I won't try to explain. Yeah. Why should people not be foam rolling their IT bands? So first of all, your IT band is that ropey thing on the side of your thigh and it comes across your knee joint. Um, and it basically comes all the way up into your hip, right? So we get a lot of patients, so the typical IT band pain is that sharp stabbing pain on the outside of your knee. And it hurts, like it'll shut you down. And once someone starts to feel it, and they stop and they kind of lock out their leg, well then they can't bend it again. So if you put yourself at the end of any marathon basically, you see people like dragging their leg behind them, that's always IT band. I'm like, I should just stand at the finish line and just like pass <laughs> Hand out, out your cards. business cards? Yeah. Um, but that's always gonna be IT band pain, especially in the colder. I think it's the, the colder weather has something to do with that. Um, basically your IT band is a big piece of fascia. And so it's not a muscle and it comes up and attaches to a muscle, but it's a big piece of fascia and Loosening, rolling on it, you have to go really, really super slow to get in, to get any kind of movement through fascia. But what is usually the kicker is it's all the muscles that attach to the IT band. So your lateral quad, your outside quad, runs right next to it in the front. You've got your lateral hamstring that sits just behind it, and then all the glutes, so coming up into your TFL and getting into your glute max. Like, so when people come in with IT band pain, I'm like, I want you to get that lateral quad. I want you to get all up into the hip complex, so get your TFL and get into that glute med. Uh, and piriformis and all that stuff. So you want to free up all the muscles around the IT band itself. Right. So when you're on the foam roller, right, and people are foam rolling on their IT band, I flip them forward just a tiny bit, and then they roll onto their lateral quad. And they're like, oh my worst. God, this is Terrible. awful. Right. And I'm like, you know how your IT band hurt? You know what hurts more? Your lateral quad. Yeah, it's the worst. Um, so that's usually the kicker. What about glutes? We always get told runners have weak glutes. Is that true? Um, I would say it's more that your glutes are inefficient. Mm. Um, so in order to fully, everyone knows that your glutes are your powerhouse. Your butt. I'm also obsessed with the glutes. Let me just throw this out. Oh. I'm literally obsessed with the glutes. I think they're a really fun muscle group to work with. Um, not in a weird way. I wish, I, this is when I'm like, I wish I did a YouTube series <laughs> instead of podcast. I wish people could see how much your eyes just lit up when I said glutes. It was yeah. like, I told you like, it's Christmas. It's That's awesome. <laughs> um, so the glutes, everyone knows that your glutes are your powerhouse. Right? But the truth is, is that you might not be tapping into them the way that you need to so it's functional for running. So to load and to work any muscle, you need a certain amount of range of motion and it needs a certain amount of mobility. And if you're super, super tight, if you're a quad monster, I call these people they are just quad monsters. They run through their quads and their calves. That's me. And, totally. <laughs> so if you have that, you're not fully getting a good stride and you're not getting your hips to move the way that you should, which means that you're then not lengthening and loading your glutes the way that you should. So they can't even work even if you want them to. So the mobility has to come first, but in order to get the mobility, you've got to kind of work your way out of your quads and your calves. Um, the other thing with glutes is that patients come in and they're like, oh, great, Bryn told me I have weak glutes. You She's know? so mean. What a brat. But the truth is, is that with the glutes, a lot of times like just getting the hips to move a little bit will naturally kind of turn the glutes on. And then the strengthening component that happens with that is getting people to do 
forward lunges and lateral lunges, all 3D squats and lunges for the glutes. And a lot of times people just aren't doing lunges and, and squats properly either. Okay, so let's say, mm -hmm. for example, I'm a perfectly healthy runner, like nothing hurts right now, I'm you know not doing anything crazy, but I'm starting yeah. to build up for a half or a marathon. Yeah. What would you say are three things, or you can give a different number if you want, but like what are three things, either exercises or stretches, I should do every single day to ensure that I stay healthy? Uh, I would foam roll your quads. Okay. So I would foam roll your the front of your quads, and then I would make sure I get that lateral quad. So you're tilting over just a little bit over to the side, not quite on your IT band, but on that lateral quad. Mm -hmm. So I'd foam roll your quads. And is it for like a certain amount of time or just like up and down the let's quad? Say, let's say a minute on each quad. Okay, so see that's not side. that bad. I think no. people think you have to foam roll for like 20 minutes at no, a time. No, 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 no one has time for this. A minute is not even a commercial it's, break. It's, no one has time for this. That's the realistic side of this. Yep. Um, I'm not asking for much, but I am asking for the consistency of it. So I want, I want you to foam roll your quads. And I also want you to get into your hip flexors, so I want you to stretch your hip flexors, so hip flexor stretch. And then the other thing, huh, I would just, hydrating, I think is really important. Ooh. A lot of like your fascia injuries, so plantar fasciitis, IT bands, mm -hmm. I think a lot of that, is, a lot of runners are dehydrated and they don't think that they are. Or if they're losing a lot of, they're losing a lot of um, their salt when they're sweating, so they're a salty sweater. I just don't think that they're getting that back. So I would I would say that's key. I know that when I started running, I don't, I don't drink, water that much. I know neither of us it. have water in front yeah. of us right now. It's so and bad. And so <laughs> when I was marathon training, I really made an effort to say like, I got to go through so many water bottles a day. And I, that was how I counted it. And I felt drastically different with it. Huh. Okay. Um, so I just think, I think proper hydration is really important. Right. And those are really simple things. Yeah. I'm not asking for much. Okay. Um, but also honesty mm -hmm. with your PT. I feel like the first time I saw you, <laughs> I was so tempted. It's just like when you go to the dentist. And they're like, do you floss I every love day? the dentist. Oh, God. I do. I love the, the dentist. The worst. You're like, a, oh, now Brynn's drinking water. water. Like, mm -hmm. what a show off. <laughs> um, so, like, I go through phases with, you know, everything in life. I go through phases where I floss every single day because <laughs> I like it. And I go through phases where I foam roll every day. Yep. Um, and so, just, you know, I go to the dentist and they're like, do you floss? Yes, of course. <laughs> and he's like, well, your gums are filled with plaque and gingivitis. So, you're like... <laughs> But like, can you tell when a patient's lying to you? Like if they're yes. like, oh, I foam roll, and do, do your patients lie to you? Yes. They do. But I, I don't know, I'm, I'm really good at catching them. So there's a couple things, right? If, if you are my Facebook friend, or if I've got you on Instagram, I, uh, I've got you like spotted. Or you also have to understand that even if I'm not your Facebook friend or Instagram friend or, or any of this, I know the friend that you're running with. So there's been a couple times a patient comes in, right? And I'm like, did you run this weekend? And they're like, no, 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 you told me not to, right? And I was like, oh, but I saw that Bethany posted that picture of you guys doing the 5K. And my patient's just like, what the heck? Oh, no. And so I'll bust them that way. And we laugh, of course. Um, you can't listen. Like, it's funny. I'm yeah. not going to get mad. Um, or I'll, I'll ask the patient, right? I'm like, did you do your homework? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, are you lying to me? And I, like, look them <laughs> straight in the eyes. And with my big, you know, big smile, I'm like, tell me the truth, you know? And they're like, I'm lying. I lied. I haven't done it. <laughs> and so I actually, isn't it funny how even as adults we do that? Oh, totally. Like, yeah. oh, I don't want to disappoint my physical therapist, so I'm going to lie to her. Yeah, and then, and then I'm like, do I scare you guys? You know, because patients are like, I know, I was traveling, I didn't have time. And, or they'll send me an email, and I'm like, I, that's okay. Like, life is life, you know? But 
I do usually catch people when people are lying to me. As soon as I ask them, like, "Are you lying to me?" It, it always busted. Yeah, busted. Do you see a big difference between the men and the women that you see? Like, do you find that like <laughs> like when you have someone on the table, are women really tough and men kind of cry, or like even with injuries, do you see a lot of like a lot of hip injuries in women and a lot of like bruised egos in men or uh, the injuries? Not not really big difference, I would say. Um, their tolerance. Yeah, tell me about that. Oh, it's total. It's totally Women are way tougher, right? Oh my god, it's so funny. Women will sit there, and they even if you're showing them foam rolling techniques or like putting the ball in their calf, women will grunt through it and they'll they'll do it. Men like, oh, like ouch. You know, they're like holding on to the table. Like really, I'm like being nice to you today. So there is definitely. That is like 100% true. That's why Not women for have everybody. to give birth. That's totally. Like, I, they're this the only ones tough enough. 100% true. I would also say that in marathons or races, you'll see women kind of like, you know, you'll see their their pace. They might have a hard race and they might drop a little bit, but they're going to they're gonna do it, right? Um, and then you'll see men, like they hit that wall and then they're like walking. Screw it. Yeah, they're like, forget it. Forget this race. It's the worst. So... They'll kind of like walk the rest of the way, whereas women are like. For as much as people say women are dramatic, like, can we just put a stop on that <laughs> yeah. and admit that it's the dudes? Yeah. Guys, if you're listening, you it know, is why, why is man up a phrase? I mean, that's probably a bigger, like, yeah. societal conversation, but like, woman up. Or, you know, what's great too is the psoas is a, is a deep uh, hip flexor, so to do that release, really, I hate I that I one. That You've done yeah. that to me, yeah. It's not that fun. And what's funny here too is that. I'll get a guy on the table and I'll do his, I'll release his psoas. And it's basically like pushing into your like, what is that? Like yeah, your diaphragm right, kind no, of? No, you're like right in the, right in your abdomen, I guess. Yeah. And guys are ticklish. So you'll get like a grown man on the table just giggling. And of course I'm giggling with it. It's like the two of us are laughing so hard. I'm like, forget it. Like this is, forget it. But women won't really giggle like we'll that. We'll just sweat and but grin. But grown men will giggle and it is hilarious. Actually, oh, your job is fun. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about recovery. You mentioned it earlier about um, how some runners just do not want to take a day off. Yeah. What? Talk to me about rest days. Should people take rest days, Bryn? Uh, yeah. I, I think I think this is. I'm happy you're asking this question. Um, I think it it depends on the person. I think there are some runners and some patients who come into the clinic and they are totally fine with running seven days a week. Wow. And, and they're healthy, you know, yeah. and they're in a really good groove and they do their mobility and they, and they just, they really stay, they're efficient runners basically. Um, and then there are some who can really only tolerate like three days a week of running, two days a week. Um, for them, you know, then the conversation happens on like, well, what are you training for and how do I get some more, you know, we have to cross train and we have to strength train and all this kind of stuff. Um, Sarah uh, Honey Hockey is a great example of this. That's Sarah Honey Cakes. Honey Hockey. That, is that really how you say it? Yeah, what did you think it was? <laughs> yeah. Hunting Hake? <laughs> hunting Hockey. I'm not saying it right? Hunting Hockey. Well, Just call Sarah. Her, she better be listening to She's this. going to. Call her Honey Cakes. Okay. She'll like Sarah this. Honey Cakes. So Sarah is training for the Ironman. And Sarah, is, she works at Finish Line as yeah. well. And we she's love her. She's great. Um, she's training for the Ironman. And so Sarah has a program in front of her, and she's committed to this, so she's really dedicated to it. Sarah stays really healthy, and Sarah does put in quite a bit of volume, I think. Um, but Sarah will wake up one morning and she's just like, I'm tired. Like, mm -hmm. I just felt the need to sleep. And so she can cross off that run. It was a four mile run. And she can say, 
you know what, forget it. And she can move on from her day and, and be okay with it. She doesn't, that, I don't know if she feels that guilt, you know, that terrible runner's guilt when you yeah. don't do the run on your schedule. But I think it's about listening to your body. And so this seems like common sense, but if, if you've got a five mile run Wednesday night and you go for a run on Wednesday night and you start feeling pain, and then you're limping afterwards. You're like, no, I just when I call you and I yeah. freak out. I just like Google, something up. And then I call you. Google. I Google and then I'm like, Brand, I have a stress <laughs> fracture in my earlobe. Yeah. It's ruining my life. Yeah. And you're like, well, not. well, you don't have a stress fracture in your earlobe. Um, but if you have a if you have pain on a Wednesday night run and then you're and then you're limping around later, and then you wake up on Thursday morning and you've got a five mile run on Thursday morning. You shouldn't do that run on Thursday morning, but you're shaking your head like, yeah, I know, but yeah, duh. this happens all the I time. Because I used to do it too. Totally. I'm, I, I'm, I'm smart right now, but I didn't used to be. I'm right there. And um, I was there with my training program and that runner's guilt is serious. Yeah. You know, if you don't get to cross off that day, it's like, it'll eat at you forever. And then you're like, I got to make it up somehow. Exactly. So you really have to listen to your body and, you know, it might take a couple days of rest. You know, if you can rest it, quickly rest for a day or two foam roll, whatever you need to foam roll, and then it feels better, well then sure, try another run. But you should never start a run when you're limping to the start of your run. And, and a lot of times, it's always that second run with people. So they started feeling it on one run. I took a day off, I took two days off. And then they go for a run and it called for five miles. Well then they ran five miles on pain and now it's, now you've got something. Now you're running zero miles now for you're much running, longer. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> Aren't we the worst sometimes? You guys keep it fun. Yeah. What do you wish? I mean, you're super honest, so this might be nothing. <laughs> what do you wish you could tell your patients? Or like, if you could just shout something from the rooftops, like, patients, listen to me, or runners, <laughs> listen. Like, what would you say to them? You know, we genuinely want the best. We want you guys to have like, we think about you guys. We take you guys home, you know? You do? We dream about you. Well, I do you at least. You do? Totally. I'm like... I was like treating your hamstring last night in my dream. It's awful. And I was lying to you. And you were lying to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you know, it's like, I want to know how you felt. Like I need to know where I'm at. And so a lot of patients or or people just be like, well, it's the same. Oh, it feels the same. And I'm like, well, did you run? Did you run five miles? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, did it hurt while you were running? And they're like, no. And I'm like, so it doesn't feel the same, you know, like, or, or patients be like, I had a terrible run. And I'm like, well, did your hamstring hurt? And they're like, no, my hamstring was actually fine, but my stomach hurt and I had to go to the bathroom 15 times. Are you talking about me? No. <laughs> no. I thought we weren't going to mention specific patients yeah. on this episode. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to know, like, because what I'm thinking about is I'm like, I want her hamstring to hold up. Like, I want, you know, mm-hmm. I want her to hold up. So I think just the honesty in that, you know, because here, here we are, like, literally putting our best, you know, foot forward and trying to fix you. So for us, just a little bit of like, you know, it felt better with this. It still hurts with this. Just a little bit more guidance sometimes. I, sometimes I don't think we get all of that. Yeah. But I don't know. This, that's, that's a tough question. It's too many. But you're pretty honest. I feel like you don't, you totally. don't take any BS with your patients. No, and I'm always going to, like, I have, I'll sit there and ask a million questions. Yeah, you're get. like, I feel like you're like physical slash therapist. Yeah, I, I've you play plenty of You things. have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of play those roles. Well, it's also fun because, like I said, to me, the connection with between me and the patient is really important. And, you know, patients are coming into me because, well, they want my help, right, physically. But I also think that a lot of patients come in because cause they trust my advice. And, God, you won't believe some of the stories that I get on that table. But I, I like that. I want to earn your trust. And I genuinely care about you as a person more so than just as a patient. So to me, the connection is really important. 
What is the best part of your job? The best part of my job is that. It's extremely rewarding. I would say that I think treating runners and triathletes or this population in general. So even I'll get referrals from people that aren't runners or triathletes and like, will you treat me? Like I'm not training for anything. Regardless, I think the clinic finish line attracts a very motivated and dedicated population. So people come in and they listen and, and they want to be their best for you. And so just the clientele that, that we work with and that we attract are really fun people. And uh, to me, just getting to know someone just as a person. And I think I've met some really cool people. And I think definitely for me, I'm an upstate girl. So being exposed to so many different people and so many different lives and like, I'm like, you grew up here in the city? What was that like, you know? <laughs> or like, I get parents in and they're like, yeah, I let my child take the subway to school in the morning, Bryn. I, that's still crazy to Isn't me. that crazy? Yeah. I can't imagine. Or like seeing kids like scootering to school by themselves. No. I'm just like, what? Like, my, I, granted, my mom drove me to school. Yeah. Like, up until I got a car because she happened to work for the district. I so. had this, um, this high school girl, she was like a sophomore, and she came into the clinic and I was like, how did you get down here? She's like, I took the subway. Does your was, mother know? I was like, by yourself? And she was like, yeah, Bryn. Uh, <laughs> I've lived here my whole life. Yeah. This is my neighborhood. And I was like, oh, okay, was it safe? You know, like, were Are you, you okay? okay? Yeah. Do you need me to walk She's you like, home? You're nuts. I know. I still do that with my friends when we hang out, though. I'm like, text me when you get home, safe. Yep. They never do. Me too. My friends are the worst. <laughs> what's the biggest challenge? I don't want to say what's the worst part of your job. What is the biggest challenge when it comes to your job? Getting people to trust your advice, being very straightforward. I think, I think the PTs in our clinic have to be very strong in the sense that runners come in and they've got a race on the line, so that automatically puts a deadline on us. Mm -hmm. So that's a little yep. different than PT clinics. So we've got this like, you know, patients will come in dragging their leg, they're limping on a Monday, and they're like, oh, and I've got a 20 mile run on Friday or on Saturday. <laughs> and so automatically I'm like, okay, I've got a serious time sure. crunch here, and I wanna get them to do that as best as I can, if they can. If they can't, I've gotta to explain to them why and why they shouldn't. And so here I am messing with their program big time, and they need to trust that I'm, I'm doing it in a way that will get them to the start line. So I tell patients like, I'm gonna be able to, I'm gonna change your program and you're probably not gonna like me mentally from the mental side of it, but if I can get you to that start line and get you to run this race, you gotta trust me in that. So I think you have to be strong in saying that to a patient and getting them to earn your trust. That's the most difficult because I'm not going to lie, you get some of these crazy runners, right? We'll call them crazy runners. Yeah. They come in and they're like, I'm not, no, no, I'm doing it, right? They just want you to tell them what they want to hear. Totally. Because I get that. Like, yep. I'm like, oh, all right, like I'm doing what's, what's right by going to see my physical therapist. But like, hopefully she just tells me that, you know, yep. exactly what I want to hear. So what I've learned, and this has taken years, I think. So I've been here for seven years. And what I've learned is that when you get a runner in who's on... A program on a schedule you almost I have to convince them to say it so that there it's not them listening to me I have to, I'll have you talk it out so Allie I know you want to run 20 miles this weekend no I don't how many more <laughs> 20 mile runs do you have three three so if you go and you do 20 miles this weekend and you blow up your foot you're probably not gonna be able to run like you've got two months like you run the risk of not being able to run but Here's the thing, we've got three that we can always kind of bank on. I want you to not run this weekend with the hope of doing this. And 
when they start saying it, I make them say it. I'll do whatever you want. Yep. Then I'm they, just like yeah. looking at you, I'm like, you're so smart, you're right, I shouldn't run 20 miles this <laughs> yeah. weekend because I want to do those. Yeah, but you're, you are not difficult. Like, so I think just convincing I'm too scared of being injured. Yes. Like, yeah. I've, I've been very lucky. Oh, I should knock on You should knock on wood. We should, yeah. Um, no, but I've gotten smarter over the years. Yeah. Like, I went through like a year-long period where every single run hurt, yeah, but I didn't have an actual injury. You know, yeah. like I went and I got like grass in and ART and I did that. And yeah. so I, in my mind, I was like, well, no, I'm just a little sore. I'm a little tight. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I never had a stress fracture yeah. or I never had like a diagnosis, yeah. but everything hurt. Yeah, and that's And I just fun. ran through it. No. Like I remember going for a run. I was just, I was training for the Eugene Marathon, which I didn't even end yeah, up yeah. running because I was in so much pain. And I would only run on the reservoir path because it's a dirt path. So yep. it's soft and it's flat. And I remember stopping at almost every lamppost to stretch because I was having such bad like shin splints and uh-huh. calf pain, like all of it. And I just kept stopping to stretch, which of course that's not helping because I no. never got warm. And I think that I was finally just like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this to yeah, myself? Like this yeah. isn't fun. Yep. I'm not going to be able to run a year from now. So I have like, I still... I mean, you know, obviously, I have the occasional ache and pain, my, like, right, you know, my bursitis. Yeah. Um, which I really do believe I it, have bursitis. It, yes. We'll call it, we'll call it that. It yeah. was. Totally. Um, mental bursitis. <laughs> yeah. um, but, no, I don't want to be injured. And, yeah. like, running is important to me, but it's not so important that I put myself yes. in a place where I won't be able to do it for the long no, run. Totally. You have to look at this as a big picture. You know, so there's, it's just at the end of the day, and I hate saying this, but know. it is just a race. There's, there's two sides to that, but I'm also, I'm not going to let you go into a race. And so this is where like me just caring for you as a person is going to come in. Cause I'm like, look, if this is a 26.2 miles, that is no joke. And I want you to remember that normal people aren't running 26.2. Normal people aren't even running 13.1. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, you want to be able to finish this thing and say, like, that was awesome and that was a good experience and I'm not limping out of here. But it's never worth it to then finish a race, limp across the finish line, and then and then you're out and then you're in a boot for the next two months right. or whatever. Like, I'm never gonna let you do that because in the grand scheme of things, that's not how this is. Running is fun and so you gotta be really smart about really picking your battles and yeah. there's always another race. There's always another race. I wanna be a PT. That sounds fun. Can I be your intern? I always, I always totally. on the show end up asking people if I can be their intern. You can always for a come day. and hang out. We would have so much fun. We oh we would fun. have so much fun. My patients would love it too. Yeah. All right, we'll do that soon. Yep. Um what would you tell people who are interested in becoming a physical therapist? I I would say go for it. I would say go for it. I think it's extremely rewarding. I think it's a great field. I think it's growing. I think healthcare is changing. I think Amen. even the PT, I think the field of PT is changing in that I think PTs are really dedicating themselves to be the best that they can in the sense that they're taking total like we're we're loading up on all the continuing courses that we can and like they're people go into the profession because they want to help people. And and at the end of the day, you, you are doing that. Um, and especially us at Finish Line, it's really nice when a patient finishes the marathon and then you get that thank you note. And it's, you know, they write. Oh, like, shoot, I, didn't, I don't think I wrote you a thank you note. I don't think note. you did either, but that's okay. That's okay. You can still write, time. Still time. Wait, yeah. I think the rule is you get a year. For weddings, you get like a year. <laughs> yeah. And I wrote all of my wedding thank you notes. <laughs> yeah. Right away. Before we left for our Right honeymoon. away, yeah. Yeah, Get so, them okay. I, I'm gonna but it's rewarding because list. patients genuinely think, 
or they say like I wouldn't I couldn't have done this without you and again I say well it's just a race but at the grand like in the grand scheme of things like this race meant a lot to them and if I played a part in that 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 feels really fun that feels really good Aww. you're gonna cry no <laughs> no yeah. not because now you're being sassy again yeah. I knew that was gonna come out you were like I'm so nervous about being on your podcast I was like no you're gonna bring the sass Bring the fire. No, do I have hives? You can be honest. No, you don't have hives. Okay. You look great. <laughs> and it's like, you know, this is audio. But you've fire. got the two Alter Gs. You've got the compression sleeves. We I've now have this that. whole... Yeah, you have to get in there and try that. That's I'm scared. I can't believe you haven't been in it yet. No. I haven't had to run on the Alter G because I haven't been injured enough to have to run on it. No, and that's okay. I run on the Alter G just sometimes. What are the benefits? So the Alter G treadmill is like it fills up like space moon. It's like you're running with no gravity. I don't Yeah. So I wonder the, if you should explain it. The Alter G... Um, <laughs> They've gotten more popular, for sure. Um, when I started seven years ago, we bought one, um, and we were like one of like two PT clinics in the city that had it. So for uh, for me, especially as a new PT, I was like, this thing is awesome. Like it's the coolest toy you could ever ask for. Um, basically, you put on like some spandexy shorts. It's got like a little tutu on it. It's really cute. And you step into the treadmill, and then you kind of you kind of uh, zip yourself in, and your air locked in. And so you're it's on you're on a treadmill. People get confused with that, but there yeah, is so a your treadmill feet underneath are touching you. the ground. You're when touching you're the ground, yes. But you feel weightless. Yeah, depending on what you present. So basically, like you turn the machine on, and it's going to fill you up with air. It's going to fill you up basically from your waist down with air. And the more I could take weight off, so that I'm standing at like 50% of my body weight, or I could be at like 20% of my body weight. That's the lowest it goes. But for me, for example, I'll just if I'm tired, like after a long day at the clinic, I'm like. Ugh. I'm kind of exhausted, but I need to just kind of trot along. So I'll put myself in the Alter G at 70%. So I've picked up 30%. And I'll just run along, and it feels a little bit easier, right? Mm -hmm. So running at a 6.0 on a regular treadmill is going to feel different at 70% on the so Alter G. So if I need to do a five-mile run, yep. and I'm like, oh, you know, I don't feel like, or it's raining, but I'm already at, P I'm already at finish yeah. line, and I want to go on the Alter G. Yeah. Is a five-mile run on the Alter G a five-mile run? Or would you say it's more like a three-mile run? Or it, there, there it's is, totally different. It totally, it depends on what you're That's running at. That's a dumb at. question. No, 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 it's not a dumb question. If you were, if you were at 50% of your body weight, then I'm going to tell you, Allie, <laughs> I don't think that that counts for your five-mile run, right? <laughs> So you're, no, really you're like, just shut up, Brynn. Yeah. So you're just kind of floating along. Um, but I, I like to say, I like to tell my patients, if you're at 70% or higher, so 70, 75, 80, 85, there's no point in being at 90% on that thing. Personally, to me, I'm like, if you're really only picked up 10%, just get outside. Yeah, just go lay down. Um, but anything over like 70 and above, to me, I think really relates. You'll feel like it's a little bit easier, you know, the lower that you mm -hmm. go, obviously, but it counts. It counts. It totally counts. I mean, I've trained. The Alter Gs have saved people's training seasons, without a doubt. And tell me, I don't know if you're the right person to ask, yeah. but is Finish Line, aren't there things that are, like, on ClassPass? Can't you, like, book the Alter G or the compression sleeves, like, on ClassPass yes. and stuff? Yes. So we just added that, I think, just a couple months ago. Um, and I so don't know if So even if you don't together. need a full appointment, no. you can go in, use the Alter G. I mean, I totally yeah. think people should go and... Yeah, just come check it out or get in. We, we offer... Um, like a, a 25, I think it's $25 now, but it's an evaluation. You get one of the PTs and we do the gait analysis for you. We call it a peak performance analysis, basically. Yeah. And so even Tell them to Allie on the back, run sent you. Tell them Allie on the run You don't get you. a discount, yeah. but they will But even to great. come in for something like that is something that we offer just to show you kind of like the different tools in our toolbox and how we will look at your gait a little bit yeah. differently. It's than really valuable. Yeah. I, I think it's great for... Um, 
for all athletes. Yeah, so at any level too. It's been, I mean, honestly, I'm not just saying this because I like you as a human. <laughs> like it has been so, so good for me. Even yeah. just the foam rolling. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I was foam rolling wrong. Yeah. I didn't know there was a right and wrong. And actually you, the day that it was my first appointment with you, you were like, oh, I just learned this foam rolling technique like yeah. last week because you had taken, you know, yep. continuing education. Yep. So they are so always on the, the cutting test. edge. Yeah, yep. with me, thanks. And I like, <laughs> was crying like a man. All right. So. <laughs> well, That's said the men are the little bitches. So <laughs> there we are. I made it. 54 minutes without swearing. Good job, Allison. I tried to make it the whole time. I'm trying, trying to oh, swear less. That's awesome. One day we'll get there. Okay, so now we wrap things up with what I call the Yikes. sprint to the finish round. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Ready. Okay, what would your last meal on earth be? Lasagna. Favorite movie? I can't answer this. I wish I could. I can't answer it. I'm such a movie person. You, okay. you mentioned so Pitch you Perfect. Yeah. That's great. But like, I'm anything musical. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you saying like, that's great, like that's on your list? No, or it is on my list. Are you saying like, that's great, but I'm a real movie and person? I, and I actually don't rewatch movies. I I love the movies. I, I love, love going to movies. I, I never rewatch. If re I had my way, I would, I would just have, well, this is what I do. I have like 10 movies that I watch. No. I want to see a new movie every time. Oh, God, Because even so if it's a bad movie... It's still a great movie to me. Isn't that, I'm like just a movie person. I love them all. No, I don't have the attention span, but. I I'll mean, never watch them on TV like over again. Oh gosh. I know, I, I watch know. Mean Girls at least twice a week. <laughs> yeah. I should be more productive. Yeah. I should foam roll during that yeah. time. Uh, greatest fear. Greatest fear. Well, this, it, it would be losing a family member, but let's get, um, Chris mentioned teeth. That is probably. Chris Mosher. Yes. yes. That is like. My teeth, I have a you serious know, I fear have to that. say, I was shocked by his answer because that's not something that's ever crossed my mind. And then people on Twitter were chiming in like, that's my greatest fear yeah. too. And I'm like, what is with you people? No, like, I'm also crazy about my teeth. That would freak me out. I just uh -uh. pictured a snake crawling on me and I got like those heebie-jeebies. But no. like, kick my teeth out, I don't care, I'll get new ones. No. I'll get better ones. But I'm also like- You have nice teeth though. Thanks, I'm a little crazy with them. but. No, the teeth thing. But I'm also like, I'm scared of like the dark. I'm scared of ghosts. I'm scared like ghosts aren't real. I'm scared of anything. Like anything like that kind of stuff. Forget it. Okay. I'm All a right. little baby. All right. Well. Okay. You're a little I'm man. Scared of crazy runners. <laughs> scared of crazy runners. <laughs> scared of people googling their injuries. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite place you've ever gone for a run? Uh, we did. I think it was two years ago now. Finish line. We we got two. We got a team together and did Ragnar. Which we did one? Miami to Florida Keys. Oh, wow, cool. And it was amazing. And it was my, again, here's a cool runner, right? Not anything crazy. I had the time of my life. Um, it was my second run. Uh, it was a it was a four and a half mile run at 4:30 in the morning, and I was on a bridge, and it the the bands weren't nearby. It was just a bunch of runners in the dark, and it was one of those runs where I literally was like, this is the best run of my life, and I am having the best time. I didn't care how tired it was. It was the best run I've ever done. I love that. So that's my favorite run. Best place to run. I love Central Park, yeah. which is a typical it's pretty answer. pretty good. Um, and by the way, Bryn's a Jersey girl, just like me. She lives Hoboken. in Hoboken. Yep. So basically neighbors, but we've <laughs> never seen each other or hung out in New Jersey. We're not even recording this in New Jersey. Um, what is your go-to breakfast? Eggs. I make little egg cups. So I prove, I got like, you're one of those people. Yeah, totally. It's adorable. <laughs> uh, Saturday long run or Sunday long run? Uh, without a doubt, Saturday. Yes. If it doesn't happen, and if it doesn't happen Saturday morning, it's not even, it's not even okay. going to happen at all. So there is no Sunday running. Um, 
and it's not happening in the afternoon. You don't work weekends, do you? No. Nice. Smart no. girl. What's your favorite app? And it's definitely like Facebook or Instagram. That's fine. You don't have to like make that Social face. media for sure. Yeah. I also love the New York Transit app. <laughs> I'm kind of on Why that Why do you still time. need that? Isn't that... I know. You've lived here for seven years. I know. I just use it to get down here. Oh my I don't God. know where I'm going. <laughs> you need to just get a city bike <laughs> yeah. membership, which I did recently, and now I city bike everywhere. That's a good idea. It's That's the, the best. The, near, the transit app, for sure. Okay, I'm going to get you, well, I'm not going to get you a city bike <laughs> city membership, bike. but you should get one, especially because this morning, even though I know I docked my bike, I didn't get the little email that said, your bike is docked, thank you. Oh. And I'm like, I'm going to get slapped with a $1,200 yeah. fine because someone stole my bike. Yikes. It's it going to be out. fine. No, okay. it hasn't worked out. I still haven't gotten the email. Oh, that's okay. It's kind of freaking okay. out, but um, whatever. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite thing to do after a long run? You better say foam roll. Uh, who? Probably the chocolate milk thing. You do that? I do do that. Okay. Yep. I do the chocolate milk. I, I foam roll. I foam roll my quads. I totally believe you. Yeah. <laughs> Are you lying to me, Bryn? Are you lying? Oh, man. Do you really foam roll? I Look do me foam. in the eyes. I will. Look me in the eye, Bryn. Okay, here's the truth. I will foam roll after my long runs. Okay, girl. Okay. So that is the truth. That's great. This is like the big loaded question. You're hosting a dinner party and you get to have five guests. I love this. Who are they? So I've listened to a couple of your podcasts. So you're prepared. I do feel like there's like a general sense everyone kind of the same people. These would be my people regardless of what people have said. So oh, okay. without a doubt, it's Beyonce. Yep. Um, it would be um, Michelle Obama. Not Barack. I, would, I wouldn't have Barack. Yep, same. Michelle. Ellen DeGeneres is like for sure. She We're is having the, the same dinner party. She's the here. best. Yeah. Like she's the best. Kate Middleton. Oh. And Oprah would be my last one. That is a like femme squad. That totally. is a solid I, girl power yeah. dinner party. But that is that's the truth. And and everyone like you Why know, answers Middleton? their friends or something. I'm like, no, like I No, would. my friends are not invited. They can see it on yeah, Instagram. It's just influential people, I guess. Okay. Yeah. That's those Kate are Middleton, my top I would five. be like, but you have to bring some dresses for me to wear. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fashion. Yeah. Um Oprah. I don't think anyone has said Oprah yet. Oprah. She's she's such a badass. I don't remember. Like, yeah, that's a really good one. She kind of rules the world. Well, I think Beyonce kind of does because <laughs> yeah. more people have said Beyonce than Oprah. Yeah. And Michelle. More people have said Michelle than yeah. her counterpart. So yeah. I should keep a tally of yeah, what people you should. are saying. Yeah. I could do like a bracket or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Who was your childhood celebrity crush? Leo. Leo Leonardo was, DiCaprio. But like JTT, John yep. Taylor Thomas. Remember? How old are you? Uh, I am 30. 30, okay. So we're about the same. Devin Sawa, you guys remember him? From Casper. From Casper. Oh, when he was like, what did he say? <laughs> I remember I he's, give you a he's like elevated whatever. off the floor yes. and then he turns and I was like, Casper is hot, mom. Like I was rewinding. But you just it. told me you're afraid of ghosts. Well, not if it's Devin Sawa. Yeah. Sawa. <laughs> I know there's no cool way to say his last name. Sawa. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what's he up to these days? I don't know. He's kind of dropped off. All right, I'm going to Google that. Those are, yeah, those are it. Provide an update. Solo run or run with friends? Depends. Mostly, probably solo. Depends on my mood, but a long run, mostly by myself. And that brings me to my last question. What do you listen to when you're on your solo runs? Um, the answer has been nothing. I, when you're I a no music up, girl. When I signed up for the marathons and stuff, I said nothing. Um, but recently, I've been listening to podcasts, and... This is not to make you feel good about yourself, but recently I've been listening to your podcast. I think I need to change this because it's always the last question, and I feel like I'm not expecting you to say, like, what do you listen to on your podcast? The Alley on the Run show. Like, it's not, I'm, I'm genuinely interested in what is on people's I know, but no joke. Their headphones. You're going to be all of my long runs now. I love your podcast. I think just you're wait, great. you're going to, are you going to listen to your own episode? Ugh. Yeah, you have to. Ugh. 
Am I getting hives again? <laughs> no, no, you're not. And um, look, you did it. We, we yeah. got through this. You <laughs> did a great, great job. Cool. Um, but seriously, I'm so glad that we did this. People, if you're considering going to PT, do it. Even You don't have to be injured to go to physical therapy. Just as someone yeah. who, um, you know, beats their body up a little bit, let someone uh, give back and take care of it. And and Bryn, yeah. Bryn is the best in the biz. But Finish Line, they do an awesome job. It's super fun. They have a lot of cool toys that I don't know what they do, but I touch them. And <laughs> then usually Bryn says, Allie, don't touch that. So um, yeah, it's a good little playground for adults. So Bryn, thank Great. you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. This was fun. And that is a wrap on episode 21. Bryn's super smart, right? She's also really strong and very tough, which I know because she's dug her elbows into my glutes and her little fists into my calves. So thank you, Bryn, for being on the show, for beating me up when I need it, and for sharing your expertise. And thank you, everyone listening, for joining us. As always, you can find me, not foam rolling, on Instagram and Twitter at AllieOnTheRun1 or on my blog, AllieOnTheRun. I'll see you right back here next week for more fun and running talk. And until then, have a beautiful day, and thanks for joining me on the run.